Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry, and this is Anne-Marie Lockhart um, coming to you in May, um, and an allergy-plagued May. We're going to move on from that. I'm going to promise not to sneeze um, while we're live. <laughs> I have a guest today. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about, so... I'm going to go straight to Maxwell Baumbach. Thank you so much for joining me, Maxwell. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your birthday. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. I know. It's a a fun day to do a radio show. (laughs) Now, you have three poems picked out that you're going to read for us. Um, You know what? I don't want to talk a whole lot. I want you to read one and then talk a little bit about it. So, like, no intro. Just read it for us. All right. Uh, any piece in particular that you'd like me to lead off with out of the three, or no, whichever one you want first. All right. Uh, I'm going to pull up this one. Uh, this is a poem forthcoming in my collection from Unbound Content, and it's called Childhood Superstar. Um, I wrote this poem. Uh, I'm from a big sports family, especially basketball. Everyone in my family played basketball, and uh, this is about in the summer. Me and my dad would always play. Uh, it's called Childhood Superstar. My dad would pass me the ball with five seconds left in our basketball game against invisible opponents. I would take a jump shot from eight feet out. If I made it, we won. And if I missed it, he would tip it in and we would win anyway. But that never put a damper on the excitement. When he would pick pick me up after the victory, we would celebrate, pandering to a cheering audience of clouds. Thank you. I I I love that one. That's that's one of the my favorites from the whole collection actually. And um I think it, it is such a great memory poem. It it takes, you know, the reader into an experience that you had that you know every kid should have. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a dream memory, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was obsessed with basketball. Uh, during that stage of my life, I like for show and tell for preschool. I'd always bring in like basketball stuff, and I whenever I'd go in to get my hair cut, I would request that I get my hair cut like Steve Kerr, who was my favorite player on the Chicago <laughs> Bulls at the time. And usually, they would have no idea who Steve Kerr was. Then my dad would have to try and explain his haircut. To <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was like a, uh, one of my fondest childhood memories is always looking back at uh, yeah playing basketball with my dad and my sisters and my mom too, so yeah that's uh, that's what that one was about. I love that. I, I think that's you know one of the things that you do very well in the collection, and we'll talk a little bit more about the collection in a minute. First, I would like to talk about you know how you got started. You're you're a young writer, and I know that must be so annoying to hear a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> And I hope that most of the time when we all say that to you, it's in a respectful way and it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? No, but it's really encouraging and supportive because that's how it should be. Um, What does it take to be brave for the world? You know, I think young people are a little fearless, but, you know, a lot of people don't expect you to be as good as you are. So kind of what's that like when you go put your poetry out there and try and get some feedback from people? Uh, it was it was really nerve wracking at first uh, and very humbling mm-hmm. too um, because first it started off uh, I'm I'm only 20 and uh, a lot of people didn't know that I even wrote poetry when I was in high school it was kind of like my my little secret thing that I did and then I started <laughs> to show and I showed it to people of course all of your friends are are going to say that whatever you're doing is great 
Um, right. So I became very confident in my work, and I sent it out to all these publishers thinking, you know, I'm going to be the next big thing. And, and then a lot of my work got rejected. And I, and I realized, you know, this is something that I need to keep doing. This, this keeps me sane. I love doing it. Um, what can I do to get better? Because this is still something I want to do. I still want to say these things to the world. Uh, so I just I just kept working at it, and and I I still do keep working at it. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it was just an issue of you I know, knew that I wanted, and I just had to handle mm-hmm. rejection in a way that I could still get what I wanted out of this. Um, you talked about you know the rejection. We all know that side of it. Well, let me ask you this: Did you get in terms of the rejections themselves? Did you get any real helpful information from some of those rejections? Were there um, guidance or direction for how you could do something a little different that the editor would be more interested in seeing? Uh, for, for the most part, no. A lot of reject, uh, rejections, the editor says, you know, thanks, but we're, we're not interested in this piece. I actually did get one um, from Willow's Web Weep Review, Willow's Web Review. I don't remember the name of the publication. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's jerk now. Because this editor walked me through a lot of things that I could do with my poetry and actually just completely changed the way that I look at things and uh, really helped me to uh, look at modern poetry in a different light and continue to improve on my craft when I write it. And uh, I actually never submitted that publication again just because it's more of a nature poetry journal. I don't write a whole lot mm-hmm. of nature poetry. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really appreciative of that editor giving me a lot of honest feedback because, for the most part, a lot of editors uh, are very busy and don't necessarily have the time to give personal feedback to everyone. Right. And it can make a difference sometimes, in, in, you know, if you know what they didn't like about it or, mm. you know, if there's a way to, to re, re-look at something. Um, I think that can be helpful. Um, you're an editor yourself, so tell us a little bit about the journal you edit. And how that came to be? Uh, yeah, basically started. Uh, I, I read a publication which will go nameless that is uh, <laughs> held in a really high esteem. And as I read a lot of the poems, I just, I just felt like there wasn't substance to them, mm-hmm. and it hurt me a lot. And I kind of thought, you know, there's no—I shouldn't say there's no—but there's not a lot of uh, publications out there that publish both emerging and established writers that have poems basically based on the concept of raw emotion or raw thought. And just, boom, mm-hmm. literally just being hit in the face by a poem was kind of the way I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. And I, I was watching a UFC event, and they talked about how a fighter was heavy-handed, and I was like, man, uh, I like that phrase. And then hence, Heavy Hands, Inc., a poetry publication started up from there. So there you go. Um. I I love the journal, and I love it because it is exactly what you just said. It is very hard-hitting. It's very raw. It's, and I, I don't mean raw like unpolished. I mean raw as in unfiltered, and there's a difference there. Um, it's very powerful. Um, you don't have a sense of the poems as being... Um, they're, they're, each one says something. Each one has something to say. And you can read them all several times over and kind of be, have that experience all over again. And it's very simple. It's elegant. It's, you know, it's a nice square book. It, like, really holds you to the words. Um, so I think you're doing a great job with that. And I wanted to uh, commend you to it, and I wanted to invite people to go take a look at that. Tell us where they can find Heavy Hands, Inc. 
Uh, first of all, uh, thank you very much for the positive feedback. Um, yeah, I, I do try to find uh, something in every piece that people can read over and over again. I, it's, it's one thing to read a piece and think, wow, that's beautiful, but it's another thing to read it and think, wow, that had a profound effect on me, and I will remember this poem going into the future. Um, the journal can be found at heavyhandsinc.wordpress.com. Uh, we have a link on the blog to our available issues. Um, we also have some chat books, all sorts of good stuff that's available on the website. Now, you have a chat book that just came out, do you not? Yes, I do. I have a chat book that just came out called You're Welcome. It's a very uh, experimental uh, collection of poetry um, sort of based around uh, abstract ideas and imagery. Mm -hmm. And that can be found at alt-current.com. Uh, if you click on the Propaganda Press catalog, uh, from there, uh, yeah, you're able to purchase a copy of the book for five fifty. Excellent. Um, I have read those poems too, and I I like that you're able to be experimental. You know um, that you're not afraid to try something different, and this is a this is a thematic work. So tell us a little bit about the theme behind it, how it came to be. Where did you get the idea for this collection? Uh, as I talked about the last time I was on the show, actually, uh, I got the idea uh, from the, the pro wrestler Perry Saturn, who used to use the phrase, you're welcome, uh, at the end of any time he would talk. And I thought that was hilarious as a kid. And then I thought about the idea of stringing together these poems with the phrase, you're welcome, at the end of each one, um, sort of it, it, almost in a humorous way at times, but also to sort of give it a, a darker edge that sort of just adds a little, like, ooh, to the, to the piece, if you will. And uh, that's where the idea came from. And it, it's very different than, than most of my work that you could probably find online. Um, yeah, It, it is. And so, like, some of the poems have a little bit of a snarky quality at the end when you add that. And some of them, it makes you just take a second look at it. I think it's a clever... It's a clever uh, way to inject a different element into the poems themselves. Um, let's read another poem, and then I have a question about how you, you've come up with your books and chapbooks. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read this one right now. It's called Up All Night. And uh, this is about uh, me and my friends at Concordia a couple times every semester. Concordia is where I go to school. Uh, we'll just we'll pull an all-nighter, and we'll stay up. And every time we, we go outside when it's like 4.30, 5 a.m., we're always, our mind is just blown uh, by the sky <laughs> at that time. It, always just, it almost like freaks us out a little bit, and that's what this poem is about. It's called Up All Night. There's something about being awake when everyone else is asleep. Not the sunrise, but the pre-sunrise, when an odd purple hue starts to crawl its way up the atmosphere opposite another odd purple hue that is almost the same but somehow different, retreating in the most glorious game of hide-and-seek this world could know. Thank you. Hmm. And that's another one of my favorites from your new collection, which will be coming out early in 2012. Um, so you have a chapbook that's available now and a full-length collection coming out next year. Um, for, you had to have some overlap that you were working on these two things at the same time. How did you decide, you know, what's a chapbook and what's a full-length collection? It's uh, a hard question for a lot of people. They don't know what to do with that. <laughs> the chapbook idea I, I'd come up with in November, and uh, that's when that's when kind of all of it was written. And um, I had sent in the manuscript. It got accepted, but it wasn't released until about a month ago. 
Um, mm-hmm. With the full length, I'd actually just been writing a lot, and a lot of it had been good, in, in my opinion. And I'm very rarely pleased with, with what I write. Um, but with this, with the stuff I was writing, I was pleased, and I was contemplating the idea of throwing together a full length collection. Uh, so I thought about places that I would want to have published it, and Unbound Content was the one that immediately came to mind. Uh, just because of the, the community, the Vox Poetica community is unbelievable as is Unbound Content community, and the kind of feedback uh, that, that comes into it is, is unbelievable. And the work that you do on it, Emery, is is really what this sealed the deal for me. And I knew that I wanted to write this full-length collection uh, and just sort of, yeah, just do something bigger than anything I'd done before. And I kept working on it. I Over spring break, I just had a period where all I did was pretty much read and write for about three days, and that's where I came up with hmm. most of in the book. And, you know, and I'm, I think the thing that's great about the collection is it's very varied. You know, there, the emotion in the work um, runs the gamut. And it's, in, you know, it's not what you expect from a young writer. It's so much bigger than that. And I think you did an excellent job with it. I really do. I think people are going to really love it. Um, they already love the work that they've seen of yours, so I'm, this is just going to be an outgrowth of some of it. And it's nice to see. I think people will see a nice evolution. Um, tell us what the book is going to be called. Uh, the name of the book is At Age 20. Um, cause, uh, well, that's the age I was when I wrote it, first off. It's also the name of uh, a poem that was in the book, which uh, you had the idea of moving to the lead-off poem, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and then using that as the title. And it's it's really a great title because it sums up everything that's in the book. A lot of it is um, about growing up and being sort of in this odd man-child phase uh, of being sort of a 20-year-old in college. And, uh, you know, childhood was just mere moments ago, but you're being forced to look forward and uh, work toward your future and all this sort of a thing. And uh, the relationship issues, the friendships, and everything that just goes into being 20 years old. And I like that you do that unflinchingly. Like, you look very directly at the past and at the future. You know, you look back at your, you know, you talk about your father in here and your grandfather, and you look, you know, you look back at the same time you look at what lies ahead for you. And there's... um. There, some of the poems are optimistic and hopeful. Some are, are you know, dejected and, you know, not hopeful at all. But the, in all, the, the, poem, it's, the poems themselves come together in a way that's it's very multifaceted and it gives a really, it's a really wonderful look into what it's like to be standing at the point at which you are now standing. Um, Although by the time it comes out, you will be much older than twenty. You'll be twenty-one. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was something else I kind of wanted to uh, add into the, the book was that I wanted everything to feel like it belonged in the collection, and that was something else I put a lot of time and effort into was uh, the order of the poems. I had all these poems written, but I wanted them in a particular order that it's just sort of this this continuous flow where it almost forces you to keep reading it and feel all these yeah. different ups and downs that that I go through in my life and all that sort of a thing. Um, and, yeah, I was I was actually uh, very pleased with, yeah, how it turned out. And I, you know, and I think you did a masterful job of, you know, choosing the right poem for the right place and putting them all together so that 
so that the reader is brought along the ride. The only the only suggestion I made was moving that one poem, and I think um, other than that, you know, that that was just really it really it moves the reader along exactly the way you want them to go. So I think you did a great job. Um, this is your first full-length collection, am I right? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's kind of a daunting so that's task. That's exciting. Yes, wow. it is. It's a hugely daunting task, but it's an exciting thing too. And um, and you already did the hard part. So now you know. Now you just have to take a deep breath, and we'll get we'll release it into the world. And January is the plan. So mm-hmm. um, readers will hear more about that as it gets closer. Um, I want you to, we have no more time. I want you to read the third poem we had selected for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is a poem uh, called From Far Away. And part of the reason I, I like this poem a lot was uh, my school had brought in uh, Rebecca Mackay, who's a very acclaimed uh, short fiction writer. Uh, she's been in America's Best Short Stories collection for the last three years. Uh, she, wow. She's a incredibly talented, uh, brilliant woman, and uh, they brought her in to have a meeting with students of the English department and me, <laughs> and uh, I was the only an English major that was, like, invited to this uh, sort of, like, writing conference with her, and uh, we got to bring in a poem and have it workshop a little bit, and she actually really liked this piece, which uh, made me very proud of it, uh, so it's a poem that I, I really like a lot. Uh, it's a it's a poem that's multi-layered in its meaning. Uh, it appears to be about one thing on the surface, but it it's also true for relationships and, and just about anything else. Called from far away. Everything looks perfect from far away. That is why the moon is heralded for its beauty. It shimmers, gleams, glistens, exalting itself from the darkness of space. Enraptured by its presence, we brought ourselves to the moon, only to promenade along its surface, ridden with craters divots, and unappealing pores. No one went back on a second trip. Thank you. <laughs> and it's a, you know, it, this is one of those things you do so well. It's like that, you know, sneaky uppercut there at the end there. Nobody sees it coming. You know, it's you're saying one thing, and then at the end, you, you really bury um, a very pointed comment in humor and I think that's that's a very very um it's a hard technique a lot of people don't do such a good job of it but you do that well it it doesn't come across as arrogant or you know snotty it just it's it makes the reader go back and think of it a little different I think that that poem is really a nice example of that technique thank you very much I appreciate it we are all out of time so um we're going to be looking for more things from Maxwell Baumbach. Again, you can find his chat book at, give us the address, please. Uh, alt-current.com. Okay. You can Google him, too, because his work has appeared in enough places where his name does come up, and you can find all kinds of good things. And we will be promoting his work um, uh, he will have more stuff at Vox, and he'll be doing some other cool things uh, later in the year, which we can't talk about yet because I can't make an announcement yet. <laughs> so that you'll have to tune in again next time. Um, Maxwell, have a great day. I hope you get a lot of fun writing in and uh, maybe a fight or two. That would be kind of cool, huh? <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, join us again next week. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it will be. It will be a surprise for you and for me, too. But it will be good, and it will be fun, and it will be poetry. So have a very creative and wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>